When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who you read when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to, to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty studios made. From wings, wings to, to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones, romantic crazy fans that leave no real fun. Hollywood is film history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. Film history, the history of film, all of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. So today we'll get into Claire Bow Part 4. That shouldn't be a huge surprise. Who? Since, uh, who? <laughs> who is this woman? You know, the dog woman from oh, Wings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Claire Bow, we can't seem to wrap anything up. Hey! <laughs> Hey. That was a condom joke before condoms were invented. I was going to say, what were <laughs> condoms invented? I mean, back in her day, Called they were invented. Tube socks. Yeah, they would have been like lambskin condoms back in her day. There would have been no gator skin. Yeah, yeah. That's gator gross. Tail would you cut off. the skin of an animal around your dick? Yeah, it would have been like the cellophane that came off your cigarette wrapper. Okay, you know? that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you just wrapped that up. I don't think that had just... cellophane then. <laughs> nah, probably not. It, it, just... it would have been lambskin. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, lambskin. Some people That's still crazy. have to use it. Because they're allergic to latex. Oh, I mean, you can get non-latex things that aren't made out of lamb meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you're a vegetarian. Yeah. You wouldn't use a lambskin condom. No, I would never. Yeah. Any now, vegan, non-latex If you use condom. a lambskin condom, are you technically fucking the lamb and the yeah, other person? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's so, the thing. You're, you're, you're intercoursing with that whoa. carcass. With a, you're intercoursing with that carcass. So necrophilia bestiality <laughs> and regular. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and if, you're, if you are using lambskin on someone who is the same sex as you, now you're mixing all sorts of all sorts of taboos here. All the things you know? the church has. Fuck the, the lamb before you kill it. And then use its skin for a condom. I think that's worse. I think it's worse. People back in the fucking pioneer days were just Jeffrey Dahmer and got all that on it. Oh, dude, they did things that were horrendous. Whose idea was this? I mean, it's like, hey, what if we took that dead meat over there and wrapped it around my (laughs) cock? It was like, I need to fuck this person, but like they're riddled with things that I can see visibly. So I need something to wrap around, you know? And there's a dead lamb over there. But they have syphilis and I will die. Yeah, 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 but I still really want that ass. That's bring the animal carcass. That's how much we want to have sex. It's like we will wrap ourselves in animal carcasses to have sex with each other. That's crazy. Yeah. Wait. So, uh, what was the most common form of birth control back then? Just uh, heavy drinking, throwing someone down the stairs, (laughs) a hanger. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, I assume it was just like what you probably just go to the pharmacist and they had some for that, right? They're like oh, this yeah. concoction will <laughs> kill whatever's like inside. Nitroglycerin yeah, laden, like prescribe like, you heroin and booze. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like this will kill whatever's inside you. I promise. Yeah, no, you went to the pharmacy and they were like, oh, well, what you're taking right now will get rid of it. Don't yeah. worry. Like your normal prescriptions <laughs> will burn it out. Uh, of you. What was it? Uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin had a uh, had a book of homemade uh, abortion remedies. Holy yeah, shit, it was like man. it was like a book. Of, here's the things you can make at home to get rid of that fetus. Yeah. He yeah. was a player. He probably used some of those. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. He was like, all of these are field tested by myself. <laughs> Old Benny. <laughs> Old Benny stamp of approval. research. <laughs> he was a very promiscuous person. Yeah. He was, man. And, uh, and he had I those. I those French whores. Yeah, and he looked like that. You know, oh no, he paid for all <laughs> them fresh yeah, 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 he paid for his <laughs> life. You know, Ben, ben, ben Franklin also uh, uh, thought that uh, German people weren't white enough for wow, America. Yeah, really? yeah, he thought the Germans weren't white enough to be American. Where was he in 1934? <laughs> he came in like Hitler. Fuck you, man! Like you think you got it? <laughs> yeah, not for me. Yeah, I mean, that was more of him just being. Silly political person. <laughs> he was, he I was, think he literally meant that. He was super racist, and he was like, "Germans aren't white enough." Like, wow. it's like, it's like, get out of here if you're fake whiteness. It's yeah. like Germans, Germans. It's yeah. like anybody but Americans. Yeah, yeah that was back British. That he was like, he was like, if you're not British, you're not white. That was uh, basically that's, that's what it was. Yeah. And like, he always wanted to be accepted by like the British nobility, yeah. and he never yeah. was because he was a colonist. Yeah. So they kind of made fun of him and ousted him, and that's when he went back to America. And said, "All right, I'm yeah. down with your revolution." Yeah. And he got stationed yeah. in France afterward. Yeah. He was our liaison to France. That's yeah. who was banging all these whores. But it was him yeah. getting the French on our side that yeah. won us the war. Yeah, fuck the Germans. But, uh, yeah, so yeah. whatever. Fucking Germans. Look, man, the British people are the whitest people in history. There, no, there's. He is right about that. Sorry to our British listeners, but like, too much white. Too much white. And we can see it on you. We can see it on you that there's never been seasoning added to that mix of that particular uh, and, bread pudding. And Germans you know? are people of color. It's confirmed here today. <laughs> Tell Hitler that. Again, where was he in 1934? The Germans just came from the Gauls, man. They were just all the barbaric savages. The Huns. Attila, man. That was not the Germans. <laughs> there were the Huns, though. The, German, the Germanic people came from the Huns and the steppes. No, I thought Attila the Hun is like the Mongols. No, well, we call well we called Nazis Huns. Like we called them. Well, no, you're like, just calling everybody a Hun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you Hun, Hun. I'm just trying to get your number, Hun. Uh, anyway, we'll go into that on world <laughs> politics history, the history of world politics. For now, where'd this come from? I don't know. Where did oh. anything come from? Where did we come from? Where did you Talk all come ben from? Franklin. Yeah, we all came. How from did we get on Ben Franklin? Oh, the abortions. Uh, oh, Claire Bow was taking the abortions. That's abort- right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Back to it. Speaking of abortions, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, I wrote a lot. And I didn't prepare last. We left our hero for this. Just go listen to part three. I'm sure you've been... If you're listening to part four, you listen to part three, right? Yeah, I assume so. Who jumps in on part four? Yeah. So last we left our hero was all that stuff you heard on part three. It was 1929. Uh, she did a bunch of movie stuff. It was, it, so much movie stuff that she was able to make demands that you shouldn't be able to make. And right. this older movie stuff lady was real pissed and retired. It wasn't and then, in 1929 yet. It's 20. Three or four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 1923. That's right, because yeah. it was 100 years from uh, back from now. That's right. It was now, but 100 years ago. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she was making I demands. I like the phrase, 100 years back from now. <laughs> <laughs> 
so that's, you start now, go 100 years back. So that's, we're caught up. Yeah, we're caught up. Go listen to the episode. <laughs> oh, and I do have, and I apologize, it was, it was up so late. Um, it was, uh, it was, my, it was, it was uh, my birthday two weekends ago, and it really threw things off. Me and uh, Harry Styles, our birthday's like uh, about a week apart. Oh, shit. And I think it's uh, safe to say that we're both doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> about equal. About equal. But, uh, he needs to work a little bit harder to get to Drake levels. <laughs> but I do have uh, a shout out to do um, from... Uh, shout. Shout. Joseph Roel. Joseph Roel. On Instagram, he says, Howdy, my name's Joseph, and I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I don't know if this will get to you or how frequently you check your uh, DMs on this account. The answer is not very frequently, but I just happened to check the same day he messaged us. Hell yeah. So... Um, <laughs> we should check that more. Yeah. But, uh, but I wanted to ask when the next Clara Bow would be coming out. I know y'all are super busy, so no rush. I just want to let you know that I love the podcast and y'all's banter and conversations always make me laugh. Nice. Also, I'd like to recommend a movie for y'all to cover. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's a wonderful film. And I always, and I, <clears throat> and I would like to hear y'all's take about it. Anyway. Thanks for the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and uh, I was like, hey man, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. I'm working on it. And he said, um. He said, oh, guy, I didn't think you guys would respond so quick. Keep doing what you're doing. Just looking forward to it. I've learned 8% of my film knowledge from you guys. Just want to let you know that uh, there's uh, some Texas boy out there who's really looking forward to hearing your next show. Nice. So, appreciate you, man. Thank Joseph, you so much. Well, definitely, uh, we'll do a free and loathing. <laughs> Just for you, my friend. You're too yeah. strange to live. Too weird to die. Start working on that. Also, is it cool that we're reading people's DMs, or should we not say uh, that? Should we not cool. read, uh, read out or read? Is that bad manners? We didn't manners? give his address. Is that know? bad manners? Well, we, we, if you don't want us to read your DM, just say that in the DM. <laughs> don't <laughs> read this out loud. Yeah. Hey, don't read this out loud, anybody, but I would really love for you guys to do, uh, you know, uh, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> no, but hey, uh, on that, th- shout out to Dylan uh, requesting a Free Willy episode. Hell yeah. And I think, you know, we love it when we get, when we get submissions because it yeah. helps us steer the ship. Yeah, It helps sure. us know, like, what you guys want. Mm. And what's interesting. So we always love to do these like historical Claire LeBeau. Yeah. But Fear and Loathing, one of my favorite films, yeah. motivated yeah, yeah, yeah. me to I do told him that it was like it was like, oh sir, we happen to all be really big fans of that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was probably one of the rare occurrences where all three of us all love this movie equally and, and all three of us have seen and know about the movie. Multiple times. Yeah. Read the book. Yeah. Seen the movie. It's, it's, yeah. So big, all of us big Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, I was fans. like, Oh, you couldn't have recommended a better thing for us to cover. And there's deep history there too. It's like mm-hmm. a good yeah, it would be a yeah. good movie to cover. Yes, and uh, yes, Dylan, we will free your willy. <laughs> we got you. Thanks for reaching out. I do apologize to everyone that the that last episode took two weeks, but uh, hopefully we're back on track. We're back on track, baby. I'm we're back not, on track. I'm not going to have another birthday for at least another year. That's right. You know, so, at least. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll keep our ear to the ground mm-hmm. and see when Drake's next birthday is, <laughs> if he even has one. Yeah. You know. If we have anything well, to say about that it. that out to the universe. <laughs> if we have anything to say uh, about it. If I was going to die, it would have been at 27. Now that I made it past 27, I have to make it to 100. Yeah. You know I mean, now I, you're was, just... I was totally cool with going out at 27, you know, yeah. but now that I made it past that, I got to make it to 100. Now you just clutch every year. Yeah. I'm just like, well. Yeah, because I got to beat the queen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, so. that's a good that's a good marker to set. <laughs> There's no way in hell I'm going that far. Yeah. <laughs> This train gets off way before yours. Uh, well, let's talk about someone whose train got off a long yep, time ago. Yeah, somebody's train that got off a long time ago. We're going to talk about Clarabo. This is part four. Just to give you a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, we left off. She was going to Paramount Pictures. 
Um, but I'll tell you about when she was going to Paramount Pictures in a little segment we like to call When, when Are We? When Are We? <laughs> Back in time. 1926. <clears throat> There's uh, more fun hats going around. You know, we talked about some hats in the yeah. last one. Hat lore. The hat lore. The hat met is good on the show. The hat in 1926 has evolved to the, uh, it's just called the uh, F-A-I-L-L-E. Fail. Fail? Fail. 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 I don't know, but it's a hat, and this being worn by all the women, you know, around 1926, mm-hmm. kind of looked like a fancy helmet of mm-hmm. sorts, if you can imagine that. No. No, it's hard to imagine. It's Just like, a, like a football helmet. It's like a football helmet, but fancy. But fa- yeah. with lace. Yeah, and for, and for ladies, <laughs> okay. you know. All right, yeah. Ladies don't put on football helmets, but sort of, you Dude, know. Was football invented yet? Huh? No. 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 No, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, it was, yes, because it, yeah. it was invented after World War One. It was. Uh, interesting fact about football: Teddy Roosevelt made the current rules for football, and before that, it was a fucking like gladiator blood sport. He made it because his son was at Yale, and he was a football player, and he got so maimed one time in a game that Teddy Roosevelt was like, "We gotta figure this shit out. We gotta like <laughs> figure out how this game can kill people in a longer run from CTE rather than like right there on the field." Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get into that later. In this episode. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> 1926, <clears throat> you can get yourself a hand-operated washing machine for 20 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Through the old inflation calculator, that is $350. Oh, wow. Oh. For something that'll definitely crush your whole hand and arm. Really? I, oh, yeah, man. Those things were left and right. You would you would crank. It was like a press. Yeah. And, you know, you would crank it and it'd wash yeah. it. And then you'd crank it and it would press all yeah. the water out. You'd go hang it to dry. And just people getting sucked into that thing. Really? Right. Damn, you know. that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you're just cranking your own hand into that. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, three you know, like the old, like, Chapman and Buster Keaton getting their tie stuck in ah, it. Yeah. This doesn't yeah. sound like it makes it makes doing laundry that much easier. Well. It still sounds like a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Yeah, you know. $300. is an upgrade from no device. <laughs> $300. It's an upgrade from washboard. Is it, is it $300 for still doing a lot of work? I think I'd rather spend no money and just use the washboard. It was like you were buying one of those like egg microwave things. you know. Egg like, microwaves? Yeah, man. Why would you microwave an egg? When we were growing up, when Dev and I were growing up back in the old, old days, there was like a bunch of commercials that would come on late at night for like microwave your egg and this new like BPA ridden plastic thing. Why? You know? <laughs> Uh, because it it saves you a minute. Cause humans are lazy. Humans are lazy. It's also yeah. the big era of TV dinners, when, so it was yes. like microwave everything. Microwave everything. It was like 80s and 90s. Like, oh, we got this new tech, and we could just have food ready in an instant, like yes. two minutes. Is a microwaved egg good? No, it's terrible. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. It's really terrible. You can taste Chernobyl. You know, <laughs> it's the taste of Chernobyl. The the radioactive egg. microwaves uh, activate all the hormones. And steroids <laughs> right, right. that were used in the chicken, and it becomes some warped. And then they wonder why toxic. we're and then they wonder why we're alcoholics when we're in our thirties. You know, that's because we were eating uh, nuclear waste, nuclear basically eggs. nuclear eggs. That's crazy, man. <laughs> 1926, Henry Ford announces the 40-hour work week. Thank God. Thank God. That'd be like the last good thing he did before all the Nazi stuff. Oh, you know? God. Wait, yeah. really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, Damn. Henry Ford did some Nazi stuff. Damn. You know. You know, hey. Don't learn about your heroes. <laughs> he did. He thought they were plenty white enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Route 66 opens from Chicago to L.A. Whoa. Yeah. So you can drive your new Nazi Ford on Route 66 <laughs> in 1926. <laughs> your Nazi wagon. Damn. Uh, this is the year that Harry Houdini dies from being punched in the stomach by that college kid. That's right. That's very funny. Yeah. It'll never very not be fu- funny. <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. I thought he died in a way cooler way. No, man. He took a punch from a drunk kid. He's like, let me punch you in the stomach. And he's like, okay, I'm a magician. I don't know how to just how to get out of this one. <laughs> Turns out a ruptured spleen you can't uh, weasel your way out of. Can't magic yeah. your way out of that. Nope. Imagine being the kid who killed Harry Houdini. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, would I mean, you just throw yourself off a balcony? I, mean, I don't know. Either you throw yourself off a balcony or like. It's pretty cool. Don't fuck with me. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, I, I killed the magic man. I killed the I magic killed- man. <laughs> <laughs> he was hired by the early CIA in the 1920s to punch Harry Houdini in the stomach. <laughs> Kill the magic man. <laughs> the biggest book of the year is Winnie the Pooh. Nice. Published by author A.A. A. Milne. Yeah, do you guys um if do you guys see the movie about about the history behind that book? God no. I, I would watch it in a warm bathtub with a toaster <laughs> next to me. Like, no. Like, I I would keep a razor blade on the oven, like, if I watched that movie. Wait, oh, yeah, wait how do you know it's sad? It is. Winnie the, the Pooh saddest is thing based in the world. on sad. Yeah, it's That's based, the it's premise. The, it's the saddest thing in the world. It's, it's like the, one of the most horrifyingly depressing yes, stories I've ever heard about yes. such a jolly character. Again, yeah. they showed us this as yeah. kids, and we're like, why are they turning out to be alcoholics? I can't figure it out. They also showed us Ren and Stimpy as a kid. Yes, and fed us nuclear eggs. But if you you want a fascinatingly sad time, uh, like, dude, I don't remember what the movie was called. I'll find the name of it. But, uh, yeah, there's this movie about, like, the kid that, like, Robin, like Porter Robinson? No, it's not his name. What's, Porter Robinson. What's his uh, name? Oh God, uh, uh, Edward G. Robinson. The the kid, the little, little, little Timmy. Yeah, it's, Timmy it's, Robinson. Yeah, it's the movie. It's the movie about because it was based on a real kid. The author's kid. He based on his kid and suicidal his, kid. Yeah. Well, he came, became that way. Oh gotcha. Well, he got real sad later on because. Yeah, he started, like, going on press tours and stuff as a child. He, like, hated it. He hated everything about it, but his father kept making him do it because he was like, no, buddy, we're selling books here. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to make money. We're selling books. Bringing the money, man. Yeah, but um, he, uh, uh, so he hated his father and got estranged from him, and then his father fought in World War One gotcha. and didn't want his son, you know, fighting World War Two. but his son, like, hated him, so he just went off, joined the military, fought World War Two. and what made him reconcile with his dad was he would be, like, in the trenches and stuff, and the his soldiers, his fellow soldiers who were like were kids when he was a kid, to help calm themselves down, they would sing old songs from old Winnie the Pooh books. Oh. And he saw how much joy his father's books brought everyone. Okay. I wouldn't say it, joy. In the <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. Well, he saw like he saw how comforting it was to these people, <laughs> and it, it kind of made him like. Could you imagine the fucking Nazis on the other side of the line hearing Winnie the Pooh songs and they're charging at them? Like, I am terrified right now. These people are psychotic. And it's happening. And it, like, when he got out of the war, he went to reconcile with his dad because he was like, you know what? All the shit from my childhood was worth it for, like, what these books did for people and stuff. And so, like, it's a really sad, but it has a happy ending. Like, it's just a really touching story. I'll I'll pull the old rolling (laughs) cart TV to the 
the bathtub and watch it. And when it gets too bad, I'll just pull the TV in. I know? just I just cut three men's heads off with my bayonet. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Cuddly little oh suicide bear for you. It was called Goodbye Christopher Robin. Christopher well, Robin. That's it, yeah. That was that little fucker's yeah. name. Goodbye Christopher Robin. A, a, a strong recommendation. Strong oh, recommendation. Boy. Go ahead, everyone. Uh, just be sure to watch it in the day. <laughs> Wait, daylight. why do you think Way the Pooh's a sad book? It's based on sad. The books are jolly, though. The books are not the jolly. Books are super Eeyore jolly. is like, oh, I want to kill myself. He's and the only he's one. Like, he's the only one. <laughs> There's only one suicidal character in the whole book. You can't be that sad when you walk around with no pants on all the time. <laughs> Pooh is jolly. And then Tigger is clearly like a coke On cocaine, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's just like, eh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Pooh is jolly. Tigger is tiger blood. His little <laughs> tiger blood. Oh my god. That's so funny. Literally tiger blood. His, uh, in, uh, his, his poor little anxiety piglet. The, yeah, man. The, yeah, Piglet is also sad. Yeah, but he's got anxiety, yeah. Oh, Christopher. Oh. It's all the different emotions. Depressed, anxiety, cocaine, and happy. That sounds like a fun ride. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait to watch Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sure to turn that on at the next funeral. <laughs> So, <laughs> when are we? When are we? One of the biggest songs in 1926 is Bye Bye Blackbird by Annie Cantor. Great song. Great jazz song. Great jazz ditty. Uh, the movie of the year is Flesh and the Devil. Wow. Debuting Greta Garbo. Another huge, giant, you know, silent film legend. But most importantly to us here on this show today, 1926 was the year that on April 12th, Bo signed her first contract with Paramount Pictures. Right, yeah. Yes. Yeah. She is signing this contract, baby. She signed up for Paramount Plus. That's right. <laughs> She's finally getting Paramount Plus because she has a job. Yeah. Paramount signed her to retain your services as an actress for the period of six months from June 6, 1926 to December 6, 1926 at a salary of 750 bucks per week. So like an $18,000 contract to begin her career at Paramount. And through the old inflation calculator, that is twelve grand a week for six months for a total of about $300,000. Whoa. That's her first contract with Paramount. That's good money. I don't know if it was honestly like where she was at at the time that's still kind of lowballing. You know, she was a huge star at the time. But it's good money, you know. And she was always kind of this like, I don't give a shit about the money. I just want to act. You know, I just want to do this. Yeah, as so, long as it's as long as it's paying me to act. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't gotta worry about nothing. And you know, Clara, being the queen of negotiations that we've talked about throughout all these episodes, she did not negotiate the money, but she did have this unprecedented stipulation to put the ink on the paper. If she's gonna sign this Paramount Pictures contract, they would have to omit the extremely standard at the time, the morals clause. In her contract. That's hilarious. <laughs> She's like, I don't want more money. I just want to be able to do more shit. Yes, exactly. Fine. Pay me what you want, but I'm going to be Clara Bow outside of work, you know. And if you want to pay me more, maybe we can talk about it. But right now, I'll take that check and I'll go party. That's why it was a little lowball. Yeah. She was like, yeah, well, whatever with this. You can, I can do whatever I want, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so... I figured I would get a little bit into the history of these moral clauses. I thought this was very interesting. 
uh, back in the day, and honestly, back in the day, but also still kind of today. If you sign a Disney contract, if you sign a Nickelodeon contract, um, hell, if you sign a network contract with ABC, there are certain ways that you have to behave, you know. Uh, all of those that I just mentioned, you cannot be out getting caught doing cocaine, getting caught... Uh, <laughs> getting caught is the keyword. Getting caught, exactly, yeah. exactly. Do not be out getting caught by TMZ hiring a hooker for the night, you know? Yeah. Like, that is against that is against your contract, it's against basically. the code. So, this morality clause, by the way, was put in place back in the day uh, when Fatty Arbuckle squashed that woman to death. <laughs> <laughs> so, when Fatty Arbuckle squashed that woman to death, Universal Studios was like, okay, from now on, when we hire a big actor... Uh, we need to put something in their contract that says, please don't squash women to death at the Chateau Marmont at night. Is the clause called, don't be a fatty? Don't be a fatty. <laughs> <laughs> don't be like fatty. So, a moral, a moral clause, a morality clause, also known as a moral clause, bad boy clause, or bad girl clause, is a provision within instruments of a contract which curtail or restrain or proscribe certain behavior of individuals or parties to the contract. <laughs> this is all like legal jargon. Mm -hmm. A moral clause within contract within contracts is used as a means of holding the individual or parties to a certain behavioral standard so as not to bring disrepute, contempt, or scandal to other individual or party to the contract and their interests. It attempts to preserve a public and private image of such a party to the contract. In essence, one party to the contract is purchasing the other party's good name or reputation. I see. So up until this point, it was it was a free for all. It, it was, was like everything all go, everything goes. Yeah. It, and then uh, Fatty Arbuckle was the original Ezra Miller, and people it, were like, "Hey, I, maybe I don't want to go see a movie about a guy squashing people." Exactly. And they were like, "Oh well, what if he just ran a cult in uh, in uh, Vermont?" <laughs> yeah, we don't care about that. Yeah. You know, if he feeds baby bullets yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ezra Miller. Oh, we should put Ezra Miller in the intro. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Gotta go in there. I don't know there. if I want to go there. Gotta go in there. No, maybe not. Maybe not summon that demon. Oh, man. But, uh, I guess he's he will show up. Out of <laughs> everybody, he would be the one to actually show yeah, up. I do not want to meet him on the red carpet <laughs> we'll be and be wearing, like, I heard your show. <laughs> we'll be wearing fucking matching outfits at his ranch in like three weeks if we, if we summon that demon. <laughs> <laughs> These clauses are most seen in contracts between actors and actresses and their studios, the field of education, uh, athletes and their organization, or proprietors of a product that the athletes may endorse or as part of a marital settlement. So, like, these morality clauses were becoming all the things. You can have a morality clause in a marriage I guess so. Contract? A marital contract. That's crazy. It's like, if I marry you, that's cool, but you cannot be out there yeah. fucking partying. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, it's in the contract. <laughs> if I find out you're doing cocaine, it triggers the context <laughs> clause. That's crazy. Or maybe that should be used nowadays. Who knows? <laughs> Commonly prescribed uh, activity include the use of abuse or alcohol, the use of illegal drugs or narcotics, or illegal or illicit uh, sexual activity. So, yeah, Fatty Arbuckle does his thing uh, that was in uh, 1922, and the very first morals clause for a professional athlete was uh, November 11th, 1922, a contract addendum for Babe Ruth, actually. Oh, Babe course. Ruth. They were trying to rein him in a little bit. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're like, you're just a drunk dude. Yeah. Who hits a ball. He was a big drunk dude who like constantly had sex and was constantly drunk and yeah. was constantly doing drugs. Yeah, and shit. you're lucky we just started figuring out the sports thing. In a couple of years, <laughs> people are going to run laps around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can hit a ball real good. Yeah. You know, we want you to keep hitting the ball. But we want that other stuff to not be there. Yeah, you know, if you could just you stop do doing sober. that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you can, can you sober when you hit the ball? <laughs> I pulled up his contract, Babe Ruth, and uh, <laughs> the clause, his morality clause, it said, It is understood and agreed by and between the parties hereto that the regulation above set forth, number two, shall be construed to mean, among other things, that the player shall at all times during the term of this contract and throughout the years 1922, 1923, and 1924 and the years 1925, 1926, if this contract is renewed for such years, refrain and abstain entirely from the use of intoxicating liquors and that he shall not during the training and playing season in each year stay up later than 1 o'clock a.m. on any day without the permission and consent of the club's manager and it is understood and agreed that if at any time during the period of this contract, whether in the playing season or not, the player shall indulge in intoxicating liquors or be guilty of any action or misbehavior which may render him unfit to perform the services to be performed by him hereunder, the club may cancel and terminate this contract and retain as the property of the club any sums of money withheld from the player's salary as above provided. That's crazy. He so, literally couldn't drink. He could you know not drink. I, you know what I heard? I'm too drunk to hear this. <laughs> he literally had a, he had a curfew in his contract. He had a curfew of 1 a.m. And if he stayed out past 1 a.m., he could be cut. But let's be honest. They're this, not cutting Babe Ruth. This was not enforced. This was not enforced. Yeah. And there's no and that was probably one of Clarebo's things too. She's like, it, you, you guys. What are you? You're gonna sign me as Claire Bow, but then you're gonna like cut me at some point because I went out partying and drinking too late one night. You know, like give yeah. me a fucking break. Let's just cut the shit. You know. Yeah. And so she did. That's crazy. <laughs> so uh, one more thing about that Babe Ruth thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel Jake well, Ripper, the owner of the Yankees at the time, had also hoped. You know, he was hoping this would work. And uh, also, it was mainly about his like womanizing. They were really, they were really concerned about Babe Ruth's going out and uh, being with all these women every night. And Ruth is quoted as replying, "I'll promise to go easier in drinking, and get to bed earlier, but not for you. Fifty thousand dollars or two hundred fifty thousand dollars will I give up women? They are too much fun." <laughs> That's so funny. So he had a clear about thing too. Uh, he was like, I was like, I gotta keep whoring. I gotta keep whoring, man. I gotta keep fucking. <laughs> Look at They're me. They're too fun. <laughs> That's so funny. He was uh, Babe Ruth. I mean, it it was it was his baseball that got him the women. <laughs> I think it was his bat. <laughs> it was his bat. Man, Babe Ruth. Somehow we got to squeeze in a history of him at some point. You know, I don't know how we do it. He here. was drunk. He hit the ball over the fence. He was the end. He was a three hundred pound <laughs> drunk man who 300? was like he was big, Damn. dude. He was a big motherfucker, and he was playing professional sports. But he would hit that ball. They're like, you are a prime candidate for crushing a woman at Chateau Marmont. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. We do not want you to pull a fatty Arbuckle here. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh man. So that's exactly what Claire both told Paramount. She said, I'll kill it for you guys, but I'm going to do it on my own terms, and that means I'm going to be out on the town drinking, fucking, and rocking and rolling, you know? 
And uh, Bo's bohemian lifestyle and dreadful manners were considered reminders of the Hollywood elite's uneasy position in high society. (laughs) (laughs) And it was. She was. She was a perfect representation of Hollywood. Uh, All these movies are big money, and everybody that goes to uh, the party is wearing tuxedos, and they are sober, square money people, but the people that they're relying on mm-hmm. are hard party and drinking nineteen twenties artists. Yeah, that's you know. Funny. I mean it was that you just sort of had to be okay with yeah. it. That that's the mix here. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And it was like, look, man, we used to be vaudeville like ten yeah. years ago. Yeah. You know, you think we're all gonna be like fucking yeah. <laughs> square sober artists. Right. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm the money man. I'm the money man. <laughs> like I make you the money. Bring in the money man. Bring in Tim- Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Uh, Timothy didn't drink. I, I guarantee you. Timmy boy, yeah, he, he seems like he's, uh, he's he only clean. drinks adrenochrome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know though. He's he actually was, forty-five years old. Yeah. He was recently like partying with DiCaprio. Damn. So I mean, maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe I don't know if DiCaprio's had a drink in his life. What? He's only what partying with DiCaprio. What are you talking about? What? I don't know. No, DiCaprio you know, goes hard. Dick, yeah, that, yeah, that no, relationship's like so, so weird because, like, you know, Timothy wants to hang with DiCaprio, but DiCaprio wants to hang with Timothy's yeah, friends. Yeah, sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> he wants his little sister. Girls. Yeah. <laughs> he well, wants to hang out with Timothy's well, high here, school. Okay, friends. here's the vibe I get from DiCaprio. It's like when he's working he's working yeah like he's not showing up drunk to set he's not going right. out the night before if you got if we have call time at 9 a.m you know or 6 right. a.m or whatever the fuck but when he's not working he's when going. he's in between contracts he's living he's living, he's living baby, he's living, baby. His yeah morals clause yeah the window he's brandoing <laughs> brando baby yeah. make me an artist yeah, yeah for sure yeah bo said they yell at me to be dignified but what are the dignified people like the people who are held up as examples for me they are snobs Frightful snobs. <laughs> Sounds like Hunter S. Thompson. Frightful snobs. Yeah. I'm a curiosity in Hollywood. Just I'm a big how freak. People talk back then. <laughs> I'm a freak because I'm myself. And uh, Paramount was like, "All right, fuck it." <laughs> yeah, whatever. whatever yeah, you, want. you talked us into it. We yeah, still signed this contract. This is a funny decade because this was like when America like threw all the morals out the window for yeah. everything, and like it was because they were trying to clamp down on morals for drinking, and it backfired, and, and it backfired because everybody else is like, "Well, then." Fuck it. Fuck it. We'll just do coke. We'll just do everything else and go ham. Yes. And it was like, we can't drink. And if I'm rich and famous Mm. and I am not legally allowed to drink, I'm going to drink more than you've ever imagined. Yeah, Yeah. harder. Yeah, absolutely. And you're railing against the machine. That worked out great. Yeah, (laughs) prohibition worked out great. Took us right into a nosedive of a depression and a world war. And a a mafia fucking clutch on our entire economy for like 20 years. For like 50 years. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Our country went a totally different route after that. The prohibition worked out just fine. Yeah. So yeah, Paramount was like, "All right, fuck it, no morals clause mm-hmm. for you." Uh, out the window, which I would imagine kind of pissed off a lot of people. The other actors, I was about to say, like yeah. the other people, like be like, "Well, I want my morals." Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, if you're with Claire LeBeau partying and right. you get, you both get in trouble. 
She gets does in less it, trouble does, than you. Does does you being with her yes. cancel out your yes. your involvement? Yeah, is that you, your get out of jail yeah, free give you, uh, immunity? Yes. Yeah. There's a night where like Greta Garbo is at a party with Clara Bow, and Clara Bow can stay, and Greta Garbo cannot. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't have that clause in my contract, babe. Go home. Diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity. Yeah. <laughs> I can kill someone at this party, and they still have to bring me to set tomorrow. You know. <laughs> still, there's still our laws. <laughs> Well, not for movies. It's guys. getting caught. It's the language in getting there. Getting caught. That's right. Yeah, the, the contract was just like, the morals clause was now, don't get caught. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. And Paramount not only said, all right, fuck it, you're in. Uh, we already got a movie for you. So Paramount already had a fucking movie carved out for her. So she does her first movie for Paramount. It is Victor Fleming's Man Trap. The, all these movies were titled The Sexiest Fucking... The 1920s, man, it was just off the wall, just sex. You yeah. Know? And this was Man Trap. And she played this pill-popping divorcee. Nice. Which is kind of interesting. could be a modern movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, somebody absolutely. should remake this. Yes, Man Trap. It's just a pill-popping housewife. Yeah. Yes, in the 20s. Make it all super, No, like, just adapt it to modern. Yeah. Oh, they made a lot of those. I mean, Kate Winslet's done a few of those, you know, but... <laughs> well, I've never seen Man Trap. Man Trap. <laughs> I imagine it's just Desperate Housewives. Yeah. It's more scripted. Man Trap is my nickname in college, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what was your... Nickname when you were at the Abbey bartending. <laughs> Man trap. They call him the penis fly trap. <laughs> they bring me out of a cake. It is the man trap. Uh, it got me kind of wondering, though. She's scheduled to do man trap a Paramount. Uh, this pill-popping divorcee kind of just like, you know, uh, like floozy in the 1920s, as they would call her. And then that moral morality clause thing happened... All around the same time. They were basically like, we'll bring you in to do this movie without a morality clause. And I almost wonder if there was a little bit of a publicity slant there, you know? Like, we hired this actress to do this movie without a morality clause. And people are like, oh, shit. Like, and it's called Man, man trap. trap. Like, this is basically like... They're leaning into it. They're leaning into it. It's like, we're going to it's see like this movie. hiring the Playboy Bunny to be the star. Exactly. Of the movie. And, and she has no bounds. You know, like, she can do this movie mm. and then go home from doing this movie at night and go... What a great go, executive at Paramount. Yeah, what a great right? marketing. You know what? We're going to turn this clause thing into a positive, guys. Yes, yes man. We can work exactly. it to our advantage. I, I, don't, I don't have any evidence of that. That is just something that I thought might have been happening it makes sense yeah i buy it yeah i buy it too buy it for i would go see that movie yeah. i'd be like this woman is like she, this yeah. woman's crazy yeah she doesn't have the morality clause yeah. that they all have and yeah. she's doing this movie Her, for paramount was it was it public knowledge that she didn't have a morality clause i imagine absolutely like especially when they you know even nowadays when you sign a contract with somebody that shit is public yeah. like i mean especially athletes especially i mean yeah. we all know exactly what they're making and their mm -hmm. contracts but also like you know when a big studio contract happens, Adam Sandler, he got that like $300 million contract with Netflix. Yeah. That was huge news, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was definitely, if you wanted to know about Clara Bow's contract, you could find out. Probably you know. The press. The press. Know, it's like yeah. when they did their job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'd feed that shit to the press, and the press it's would like, pump it out. You know, go to the library, look it up. And yeah. Whatever he did back then. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> whatever he did, you could go to the, the libraries of Alexandria. <laughs> And the studio sees that she is this incredible actress. And, like, to her, she's been this, like, hidden gem on Poverty Row, you know, and mm -hmm. she's just, like, this movie star in the making, mm -hmm. you know. 
And uh, her acting style was interesting. Like, again, we've been talking about the silent film acting versus when the talkies came around. Silent film acting was just all with the face. It was all emote, you know. It was all expressions. Mm -hmm. And she was very sporadic. You never knew what what the fuck she was going to do, where she was going to be on set. And apparently she had, like, a very short attention span. So she would rely on immediate direction. You would just tell her, like, cry, laugh be angry like you know like whatever mm. you were telling her to do that's what she would do mm. but beyond that don't tell her what to do like three or four moves from now mm. <laughs> like she she's yeah. not gonna remember that shit slow down there buddy. slow down there buddy you're gonna get a speeding ticket <laughs> you know I take this at a slow track it up i'm very drunk she right just, now she just behaves how she did in those negotiations <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> sporadically and uh surprisingly and shockingly all at the same time she's like following so- direction She's like, like, hey, buddy, I'm very drunk right now. If you (laughs) say more than four words, I'm going to forget it. Yeah, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Victor Fleming actually called in more cameras for Man Trap to cover her scenes because they they had blocking set out, but fuck blocking, right? Yeah. (laughs) So Mm. she didn't follow the blocking. She just came in They're like, we just got to have more coverage. Yeah, just more coverage. You follow her. You cover this side. You do this side. (laughs) The budget just went up five times. (laughs) Yeah. And they would do it. They were like, well, don't... I'm not going to tell her to stand still. You know, are you? How'd that work with the microphones, though? Because those microphones were very particular. We're about to get into that. Okay. That's going to be in the talk. So right now, she's not on the microphone. Oh, there's not Right now, there are no microphones. Oh, it's not talkies. That's going to be part five. Okay. The talkies. Oh, part talkies is part five? Yes. Man, wow. What a journey we're on. I know. We have been here for years, Mm -hmm. y'all. We've been in Clarebo for years. Just like much, (laughs) many Hollywood people back in her years. Um, (laughs) And, you know, she was that way in life, too. She was very sporadic. People that were close to her said she was just super live-in-the-moment type, fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants. You know, she didn't save money. Mm -hmm. She didn't, like, have plans for the future. She was just like fucking. She didn't go. save money. She didn't save money. Uh, <laughs> she didn't have plans. No, man. She was just living. L I B I N. You know, she was. <laughs> we gotta put that in the intro too. And uh, but this was making a great impression on the Paramount people. Like her first time out, they're like, "Damn, this girl's an artist." <laughs> like this, it was one of those things. Like I said, like things you could get away with back in those days, mm-hmm. where like you were this clearly drunk, sporadic, like. Don't hit your marks right, all that. Mm-hmm. And the studios were like, this girl's got moxie. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this girl's got it. She's an mm-hmm. artist. You know, mm-hmm. these money people started to pay attention. You know, they were like, maybe we should stop keeping our artists down. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is the wave of the future, baby. Like, they're just free, man. They're 1920s women. They're, yeah. they're like about to vote and shit. You know, <laughs> next thing you know, they're going to be driving, showing their gams. You know, their ankles are going to be out. It's all hell broke loose. <laughs> so, Man Trap comes out. It is gangbusters. And uh, Clara re-signs with Paramount for a five-year deal. And her salary is going to start at $1,700 a week. And it advances yearly until her last year, her fifth year, is going to be four grand a, y- a week. That's what her... her it's like an expanding contract, you know. Was that through the old inflation calculator? Through the old inflation calculator. So her fifth year on the contract, she would make four grand a week, which is the equivalent to about seventy-eight thousand dollars today. Uh, that's around 
three hundred grand a month for her back in those days, about four million dollars all said and done for a year's work. So for that wow. last year on her contract, she would be making the equivalent of four million dollars. Damn. And she actually said after that contract is up, she's done acting. Wow. She's retiring. Wow. Okay. And she was like twenty two years old. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like twenty one. She's 21 years old at the time. I mean, the way she spends money, though, that's not going to Yeah, long. yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. make that last however long you got left? No, man, no. And this was this huge fucking contract. Like I said, I mean, it, you know, the publicity, all the all the papers are talking about Clara Bow's gigantic contract with no holds barred. She's, she's becoming this, like, millionaire, and she's not tied down to the old morality clause. It was like a real new time, you know? Oh, it was, it was <laughs> fucking code's not here yet. Uh, we're leaning in. Wait, interesting. Oh, okay, wait, so so there are morality clauses, but there's no code. Exactly, I yes. I thought Fatty Arbuckle caused the code. Fatty Arbuckle called the morality clause. Ah. Maybe he also called the co- caused the code. I don't okay. know. Yeah, when's he, when's he laying on that woman? He already laid on that woman, right? He laid on that woman. Yeah, okay. He laid on that woman real hard, <laughs> and they put in the morality clause. Okay. The code is like, your movie can't be too raunchy. Right, so they didn't have yeah. that role yet. Okay. But the studio said, you can't be out uh, crashing your car into telephone poles while you're hammered with right. a bunch of like 13-year-olds in your car. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. Mm-hmm. You know, We don't want you to... On screen, you can do whatever. Yeah. But off screen, please be respectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. Please be indomitable. Please be indomitable. We want you to be an indomitable actress off screen. What? You know. <laughs> um. Uh. Okay. All right. I'm. I'm on board. I'm on track. So 1927 was like the year of Clara Bow. Okay. This was the year at Paramount. She did Children of Divorce, Rough House, Rosie. <laughs> Hula, Get Your Man, which that was a big one. Get Your Man still shows up like to this day. Like when you're looking through old classic like 1920s movies, that was a big one. Uh, this was the year she did Wings. Hell yeah. Yeah, where she played the dog woman. Yeah. She does Wings in 1927. Did she won an Oscar for that? She did not. Okay. But Wings did. Okay. And there's a show that talks about that called Film History, <laughs> The History of Film. And there's an episode all about uh, the Best Picture winner, Wings. Uh, we got to bring that series back. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to that episode, everybody. It's really good. It's very good. By the way, she said she fucking hated her part in Wings. Really? <laughs> yeah. She's like, why am I the dog woman? Why am I the dog woman? Uh, she said, Wings is a man's picture, and I'm just the whipped cream on top of the pie. Uh, very sexual, <laughs> first and foremost, Clara. Just coming out of your like heart-shaped lipstick-covered mouth. Uh, I'm the whipped cream. I'm the whipped cream on top, cream of, on top the of the pie. pie. <laughs> You're the whipped cream on all of our pies, Clara. Bo. you know this was also the year that she does that movie that I was talking about. It. This is not the Scary Clown movie. Right. This is one back in 1927. Uh-huh. And this is where she plays the shop girl. Mm-hmm. And they coined the term It Girl based oh. on her in this movie. She's about, the It Girl. She is the It Girl. Oh. She did a movie called It. And the whole premise was she's got It. She, mm-hmm. We don't know what It is, but mm-hmm. she's fucking got it. Mm-hmm. And they called her the It Girl. And... So, and like to this day, people talk about having it. You yeah. Know, you were the it. Yeah. Yeah. And that the was, it girl, the that it is boy, the yeah. dumbest origin I've ever heard. I, it, that makes it. so much sense. No, that makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, uh, 
it's a good movie. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. It is a good movie. Uh, great, like, it, I, that is one of those where if you're, like, beginning in black and white silent films, that's a good one to watch, you know? I don't know. It's very, like, well put together. It's sort the of beginning of an Abbott and Costello no. bit. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It, it, it's on third, you know? Like, it's yeah. a great movie. It's What's a great, great movie? movie? It, it is. What? What's a great movie? It. No, I know, but like, what's the name of it? It. No, I know, but like, what's it called? Yeah. <laughs> and then they just kill themselves. Yes. <laughs> it just ends with suicide. Just like all these episodes do. Uh, this was around the same time that uh, she got one of those big 1920s mega mansions in Beverly Hills. Sick. She bought this house on Bedford Drive mm-hmm. with her hairdresser slash assistant. Daisy DeVoe, who will come back up here in a bit. So the name sounds familiar. Yeah. Daisy DeVoe comes back up. We probably mentioned her at some point in the last uh, 800 episodes that we've done on Clara Bow so far. But um, she moves into this big house. And, dude, these, like, silent film star L.A. Holmes, just Google them. Google Mm -hmm. silent film star L.A. Holmes right Mm -hmm. now. They were fucking ridiculous. Like, they were palaces they would own, like, blocks of the city, you know, for their house to be on. And it was just outrageous, like, opulence, you know. Imagine a time they would, these actors would make this much money, but the L.A. population was, like, 1.2 million people in 1927. So the housing wasn't expensive as expensive as it is nowadays. I like, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Modern yeah. day movie stars have big houses. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But back in those days, these were uh, like five times the size of a house that the modern day movie star. Right. Would yeah. Yeah. You know, proportion was like the same. Yeah. It was like yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always talk about it. The world wasn't a hellscape yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I always talk about it, but like Charlie Chaplin in the 1920s had a contract at one point that was like $25,000 a week in 1920s money, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so these, it was, you just bought whatever the fuck you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These houses were like, Four-story, marble-lined, yeah. live animals, swimming pools, yeah. tennis courts, uh, horse, yeah. horse shit, yeah. horses, <laughs> horse stuff, horse derbies. We're doing a whole lot of horse stuff. Doing right a lot now. Whole, whole lot of horse stuff. Listen to the Will Rogers episode. That was also a good one. Yeah, he did, there was a lot of horse stuff happening. A lot there. of horse stuff happening in that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Walt Disney killed a man. <laughs> yes, he did on the polo field. Yeah. So she buys this house. And uh, I talk about the house because I have to address, finally, the big legend of Clara Bow. And for those of you who know anything about Clara Bow, you probably asked this from part one, when this story was going to come up. This was like, this is the most thought about story when people talk about Clara Bow and you talk about controversy and you talk about how freely sexual she was. Uh, this is about her man trap. This is about her man trap. <laughs> this is very much about Clara's man trap. I, I, I titled this the football team rumor. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the football team legend. So football's a whole new thing right now. Football's a whole new thing. <laughs> pretty much. We're doing it everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> they're doing football all over the place and she is doing it. It. She is doing it all over the place. So legend has it, after Clara did it, she did it. 
<laughs> Sorry. That's just off the top of the dome. She became the it girl. Part of her promotional circuit was to be in the front row with some other actresses at the time at a USC game. And, uh, again, you know, mind you, she is 22 years old at the time. You know, she's not much older than the USC players that are out on the field. Yeah. And she's out there. She is the biggest movie star in the world. She is literally, like, she is a sex symbol in a time where she is almost the first sex symbol. Like, mm. this is uh, this is the time where, like, fucking dudes are just, like, coming in the movie theater for mm. this girl, mm -hmm. you know? And now she is there at the front row of this USC game. And uh, fun fact, at the time, one of the players in that game was a kid named Marion Morrison. And he would later on become famed commie chaser John Wayne. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So he's there as well. Whoa. As a kid. As a USC playing football kid. Oh, he, he was a football. As a, as a dude who ran the train on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're getting there. He we're was getting there. He was a football man. Prepare your train sound effects. Uh, Come on, ride so the train. The choo choo ride it. <laughs> so she goes to this game. Big movie star. And apparently she was like, boy, all these Trojan football players sure are cute. <laughs> Why don't I bring them all back to my fucking new mega mansion that I just bought? Again, uh, remember, her dad lives there. Her dad goes everywhere she goes. So, you know, Papa Bo, he's back at the house. Uh, boyfriend's gone now because she's been fucking she's been yeah. fucking and sucking all through Hollywood. Like, the boyfriend's probably put a gun in his mouth a long time ago. But uh, Or I think he became an AD somewhere. <laughs> like the kind of dad, the same thing. The dad is just drinking by himself again. Yeah, like, yeah, I really yeah. miss that dude. <laughs> yes, yeah. Dad's drinking by himself again in front of the radio, remembering his his time with Clara Bow. You know, so... I know, this is all horrible. This is a terrible show. Bullet from the network. So she goes to this game, and she invites all the players back to the house. John Wayne and all of them. John all Wayne the USC the rest. Trojans. And this was not a one-time thing. Every Saturday night, she would bring the USC football team to her house. And at some point, her dad was like, all right, you can't do this anymore. Don't bring all these kids to my house anymore, even though it's not my house. But so it's your sad. house, and you're my uh, kid, and um. you can't bring all these kids over here anymore. <laughs> so, Was it just her and the football team? No, it was like other people too. It would okay. be like movie stars. Yeah, so be... she just have like parties at her house. At okay. the time, there was no NFL team. Mm -hmm. uh, there was no like NBA mm -hmm. at all. The USC football team was the, a, football, as, team. the football team. As far mm -hmm. as sports in Los Angeles went, these were the stars. Mm -hmm. These college kids were the mm -hmm. sports. Yeah. You know? So hanging out with celebrities mm -hmm. was kind of normal for them. Right, yeah. So they would be going back to Clara Bow's house, hanging out with all of their friends. I mean, mm -hmm. John Wayne, this might have helped his career in the long run, that he yeah. was on the USC football team. You yeah. Know, like, it, you, could, you could get some clout from just being on that team. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and... Also teaming up on Clara Bell, but it, but it wasn't just her and the football team. Like you, there were other celebrities. It was like just like a Hollywood party. It was like a Hollywood party. Okay. Yeah. So you remember way back in the day, uh, you and I talked about this place at least a few times. There was a mansion turned into a hotel back in the 1920s, and it was called the Garden of Allah, and it went until like the 70s. Like Hugh Hefner also partied there back in the day, but in the 20s. It was this, like, uh, bohemian, 
real like you know hippie vibe 1920s mansion turned into a hotel and it was a celebrity hangout and it would be like judy gardner judy garland or you know all these like very artsy fartsy celebrities would hang out at this mm-hmm. place and there was just this cool pool mm-hmm. that they would all fucking drink martinis by and mm-hmm. be rich and famous and it was one of those places mm-hmm. So dad kicks them out of the house, and she starts having these parties with the USC football team at the Garden of Allah. And they would have these, like, huge, apparently raucous fucking parties around the pool. And that is where, according to Kenneth Anger's notorious 1959 novel titled Hollywood Babylon. Ah. Yes. Clara's assistant at the time was Daisy DeVoe. Okay. A wannabe actress who became Clara Bow's assistant to mm-hmm. rise up the ranks in Hollywood. Daisy DeVoe and Clara LeBeau. Yes, yes. Clara, Clara Bow. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's such... Why? I know. I know. <laughs> and she was this, like, you know, sort of like a social climber. She became Clara Bow's assistant. Clara Bow is not exactly... Uh, the sanest and soberest of people, so surrounding herself with leechy people was very... She was like the Kim Kardashian to Paris. Yeah, exactly, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And Daisy DeVoe said that one of those nights at the Garden of Allah that Clara Bow got a train ran on her by the entire USC football team. All of them. Wow. Wow. I reckon he got the Duke there, partner. (laughs) That's what they call the so Duke. Cause it's a train. It's a code word. I'm gonna get inside you, pilgrim. Is, she, is but so is she um, a a reliable narrator, or could she have been trying to spread this to like tank like Clara's career? A lot, exactly. She was not a reliable narrator, um, and a lot of this was Clara Bow. I think freaked people out so fucking much mm-hmm. that they were concocting stories like this about her to like put her down. Mm-hmm. There would be stories about her. I'll get into it a little mm-hmm. bit later, but there'd be stories about her like doing bestiality and shit, mm-hmm. and yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah. No one knows for sure. Yeah. My thought is no. Yeah, I, I think like I don't know. A train ran by twenty six people is absurd. Yeah, and it's absurd. I she probably hooked up with three different football players that night, and then her assistant ran with that because it was yeah. like a more salacious story that the like football team. Right? Yeah, and not only that, she might have hooked up with three different football players. But if it means anything to the world, the mm-hmm. football team, uh, when they were asked about this, said nothing like that ever happened. Yeah, like they, yeah. well, they also have to say that. Yeah. They had a morality clause yeah. for sure being yeah. with the USC football team. Yeah, so they all said yeah. uh, we went over there and drank Coca Cola and then yeah. went home at midnight. You know? <laughs> like nothing like that ever happened. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think they were reliable narrator, but I, she probably hooked up with like a couple in one night yeah. and then it just like that her assistant how dare you take story. that away from her power i know man that's, <laughs> that's also the thing i mean that's, that's she the easily thing. just could have been loaded and having fun Fucking and ran to the football team you and know just went up to her bedroom and said send them in send them in kick a field goal each and every one of you but uh, I don't know. That's, that's that's insane. That's insane. That's insane. That's like I, I do, Debbie does Dallas. You can you can have you're gonna have a hard time finding a porn star who will do that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's that's <laughs> <laughs> that is not true at all. First of all, I know porn stars. Yeah. <laughs> but again, everything's money. You know, and again, it was Some one of those. Fun. I had to bring it up. I had yeah. to bring it up. Like I said, I mean, there there are people listening who have been waiting to hear 
this yeah. story, you know, and it, it's definitely, but like I said, Daisy DeVoe, also a uh, wannabe actress, apparently was pretty jealous of Clara Bow for her success. Mm-hmm. It'll come up later that Daisy DeVoe was even more shady, mm-hmm. like in the long run. I mean, mm-hmm. she she definitely turned out to be this like yeah. uh, maleficent character yeah. throughout Clara Bow's life. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, but it was probably more like you said, though. She probably hooked up with a few. Mm-hmm. She ran it to the papers as she ran to the whole fucking football mm-hmm. team. Yeah. You know. I'm just going to keep it in my head that she did the whole team. She did team. the whole team. It's like, that's the version I like of Claire this. LeBeau that See? I want to remember. This is why the three of us work. <laughs> we, we're all ends of the spectrum here. You know? Greg says a few. I say maybe none. Deb says all. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, her dad was like, yeah, no more of those nights either. <laughs> Garden of Allah is off limits to you as well. I've already given them a call ahead of time. Wait, know? why does he have so much power in this situation? He always did, man. She hooked him up to marry one of her friends at the time, who was like her age. <laughs> her dad and her relationship was weird. always fucking so weird, weird shit, man. man. I don't get it. I don't oh, get she it. She was in love with the guy. She was in love with the guy. So weird. Yeah. So, after this... 1929 comes around, and that brand new cutting edge technology is right around the bend. Ooh. The talkies. Ooh. The talkies, baby. Changes everything. Changes everything. It's a whole new way. It's a whole new way. I'm excited. And it really, truly was. I'm excited. It was more of a new way than I ever knew. Wow. Ooh. Juice. Juicy episode. Juicy fucking episode. I'm excited about this. I've learned so much already. I know. Me too. Me too. This... This so, was this was like Clara Bow. This series has been as film history as film history really gets. Absolutely. Like I feel like we really got into the nitty gritty of what it was like to be a silent film star. For you know? sure. For sure. Well, uh, if you would like to, um, I'm trying to think of a segue here. Give me a sec. Hold on. Hold on. I like to segue into me. <laughs> If you'd like to examine my morality clause, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on uh, Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, on YouTube at Drake Cummings, or merch store at Raisin20smerch.com. But uh, also, probably the most important place you can find me is on TikTok. Damn right. Uh, Hollywood Drake, just Drake around, and uh, Drake L. Cummings. But if you go on uh, Hollywood Drake, I am live streaming every single day now for six hours uh, from around 4 a.m., West Coast time to uh, 11 a.m. West Coast time. Uh, it's a good gambit. Kind of hits all the different time zones. It's a late night crowd in L.A., early morning crowd in, uh, on the East Coast and stuff. But uh, it's been going great. I have a consistent community there. Come hang out with us. This uh, will have already happened when this episode goes live, but uh, I did a 24-hour marathon live stream. How well is it going to go? I, I By the time this is coming out, you'll, you'll know. You, but I don't, you tell us. But I don't know. Yeah, you tell me, but I don't know now. But if that's successful, I want to do one a month. So um, uh, uh, if you want to see a very sleep-deprived person uh, try to play video games, you can check that out uh, Saturday. You can, you will have already checked that out. Check that out Saturday. <laughs> Saturday and Maybe Sunday. Maybe I was there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James, Hopefully. you can try and come by, play a little I'm bit of Red Dead 2 with me. I'll come yeah. by. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You'll know in the future what's true and what's not. <laughs> Def? Uh, you can find me. Come on, ride the train, the choo choo ride it. Yeah, I'll be s- s- <laughs> saddling up with the best of them. Uh, um, I'm at the sailor underscore dev and on Insta and Abracadabra dev on Twitter. 
Hell nice. yeah. You can find me at Jimmy Deloy or James White Scott, depending on where you're looking for me. You can find us at Film History, The History of Film, or FHHF Podcast, also depending on where you're looking for that. You can also find me on that other show that I've been doing with Shelby Scott from Scare You to Sleep called Historic Hangouts. Mm. We just did an episode about the uh, Wabasha Street Caverns. What the fuck is that? It is a old cave bar Whoa. up in fucking, uh, I think it was Wisconsin, but I don't remember. Shit. Wow. No, it was somewhere up there in the northeast. Somewhere up there. Fuck, I just forgot. Uh, but it's somewhere up there. Uh, well, you, luckily you don't need to remember because it's available yeah, everywhere. It's available and you everywhere. Can, <laughs> go listen and you to can it. listen to it right now. It was an old cave turned into a speakeasy where mob guys would kill each other. It was That's a cool. Cave man. That's and cool. Celebrities would hang out there too. Nice. Very fucking. Let's cool. go. Hell Let's yeah. go. Um, oh, also, you can find us on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon. Yeah. Yes, Film please History. find us on Patreon. Film, Shout out. It's just this show, but with Patreon at the end of it. Shout out to Dylan. Yeah. Shout out to Dylan. We have three. We have three. Oh, man. We have three right. subscribers. I just don't remember the, all their names. We'll, we'll learn the names. So we're not going to shout anyone out yeah, right now. Yeah, we'll but, cut this for the compound. Yeah, but... Uh, shout out to our patrons. Shout out to the patrons. If you'd like to become a patron, you get a, um outtakes compilation once yes. a month. And then fun bits as often as we can produce them. Averaging about three a month right yeah, now, you know? Doing good. So, I got some after this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you want to learn some extra fun bits, those have video. That's right. Those are our faces. You can see what we look like. Exactly. If you, if you are so interested. Which I've heard is a positive experience. We're hot. Yeah. We're very hot. I've heard that. You want to see us. Mm-hmm. This fun bit, we're going to bring back the ghost of Claire LeBeau. That's right. <laughs> we're going to bring her back and then be four very hot people in a room. <laughs> One of them is a ghost, but she is hot. You can also find me getting a train run on me by the entire USC football team. Go Trojans and go film history. The history, history of, of film. Go oh, Trojans. Man. You think they named it the Trojans after the Claire Bow incident? They're like, we're going to need some Trojans. You know what I'm talking about!